What up, what up? This is the Scholar Spotlight Podcast, and I am your host, Jake Myers. Before I introduce my guest today, I would like to explain who exactly we are at Delaware College Scholars and what this podcast will be about. Delaware College Scholars, or as we're commonly referred to as DCS, is a leading college prep and persistence program in the state of Delaware. For high-achieving, under-resourced public high school students, DCS's seven-year tuition-free program, including a three-year residential component, provides its scholars with a clear path to college graduation from competitive four-year universities. Scholars prepare for college acceptance and success by participating in one of the most academically rigorous college-level curriculums in the state, spending three consecutive summers living with peers in a dorm-like setting before college begins, and receiving year-round personal counseling during their college years. Currently, we have five cohorts of students who are enrolled in college, and many of our cohort one students became the first members of their families to graduate from college this past spring. On this pod, I'll be sitting down with some of our scholars to simply talk about their journey to and through college. I know that many of us who subscribe to various podcasts seemingly never have enough time to listen to all of them, but I would encourage you to give this particular pod a chance. For starters, we'll only be releasing them once a month, and they won't be more than 30 minutes or so in length. And while I might be a bit biased, I do believe that each one of our scholars has a pretty remarkable journey and that you might be able to learn something from their perspectives. On this month's pod, we have a good friend of mine and Cohort 1 scholar, John Philo. John recently graduated from the University of Delaware and will be attending Harvard Medical School this fall. We talk about his journey from Syria to the United States, the sacrifices his parents made for both him and his sister, and why having a routine has been so helpful for him as he continues on his academic journey. I'm really pumped for this episode. Let's rock out. Hey, buddy, what's up? Hi, Jake. Take me back to leaving Syria and you coming to the United States. Um, So how old are you when this happens, and in what grade are you in? We moved here when I had just turned 14, I think. I was in the middle of ninth grade. Um, I started school here like three days after my plane landed. Uh, so it's a pretty abrupt transition. Um, but yeah. And then, and then for, no, for those that may not know, why did your parents feel like moving to the United States was best for you and your family at that particular time? Uh, so in 2011, um, about like a, there was civil like a, uh, unrest in my country, and it escalated and became pretty unsafe um, uh, for everyone to be there. And um, we we had an opportunity to come here because we had like a tourist visa. Long story. And my parents basically had to make a decision: do they leave their um, their jobs? They were both lawyers in Syria, uh, so I had like pretty stable income, um, and um, and move here to the U.S. where they were probably going to get part-time jobs. Um, not stable income, um, and they made the decision to move here because of because uh, of how much they cared about me and my sister, um, and they cared about our future. Talk about the sacrifices that that your parents made in hopes of providing a better life for you. So you obviously touched about you know them both giving up their stable paychecks and their law careers to come to the United States, and then did this put added pressure on you to succeed? Oh, one hundred percent. Yes, one hundred percent. Um, I feel it every day up to this day, um, that my parents are, are 
like that's I don't even know how to describe it. Like what they did is so unimaginable to me. Like I don't even know if I was in their shoes if I could do it myself. Um, like my dad was five years away from retirement. Like when retirement was like pretty sweet for him. Um, and here we go. We we're like seven years into moving here, and he's still working. Um, he works as the delivery pizza driver, um, which is not a fun job. I don't know who enjoy the delivery pizza, um, especially at his age. He's about 52, 53 now. Um, my mother, um, she like stayed more at home in Syria, so she wasn't out working like my dad. But at the same time, um, now she's uh, like an assistant preschool teacher. And she babysits kids, and um, fun fact, she doesn't like kids that much. <laughs> so, yeah, both of them are, are amazing for what they're doing. And uh, to answer your question, yeah, it puts a lot of pressure. Um, it's Undirectly, they don't mean it, obviously, but right. me, like, feeling what they're putting themselves through, just like, literally just for me and my sister, um, I feel like I owe it to them. So I, it's, like, the least I can do is just uh, make them proud. So you get to the United States when you're 14 years old and sort of like halfway through uh, ninth grade. Um, what were some of the biggest challenges uh, that you faced? Uh, so language-wise, uh, it was tough. I, I, w I wouldn't say it was as tough as you would imagine because we were learning English in Syria. Okay. So it wasn't like I had no idea what English was. Uh, but at the same time, it was really hard hearing people, like understanding what they were saying because people sure. speak so quick. Um. And I was too shy to tell people that I didn't understand. So a lot of times I would be head nodding, laughing, when I had no idea what was going on. Um, but the, I think the biggest um, uh, shock was the cultural one, obviously. Yep. Um, Syria and America are like on such different extremes. Um, and it was like, when we moved here, I was, I was like 14. My sister was 12, I want to say, maybe 11. Um, and like that time is when like a kid is like just like growing up, like just like starting to mature, just starting to understand the world, and and having your world change so so much kind of like made me and my sister like for like a couple of years we were like not like I wouldn't say we were like regular kids. We had no idea what was going on most of the time. Um, uh, we weren't nice to each other because of that. Like we would take out our frustration on each other, our parents. Um, so yeah, it created a lot of. Um, Tension, I guess. What do is there a specific point, like at your time, whether it be at Concord or just like your time living in the U.S., where you, you sort of began to like just like I guess that tension ease up and you became more comfortable. Like, is there a specific age that that happened, or are you still like uncomfortable to this day? Uh, so I thought that it would be like a day when it would like just switch. Like, yeah, it yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't doesn't work that way. At least I, not yet. I don't know. Maybe I'll, like, when I get a little older, it'll happen. Um, but at least now, now that I like, I'm conscious of what's going on. Um, it, been putting everything in perspective, it doesn't like um, make me feel down. It doesn't make me feel um, like I have no control because I know what's going, like it's going on, and I know it's going to happen. Now that doesn't mean that it, it's not stressful. It is stressful still up to this day. But I'm so glad that I was. Like, my parents have been supportive, my sister has been supportive, and all of us, at one point when we, like, finally got a grasp of what's going on, uh, we started to, like, talk through things a little more. Um, but, yeah, it's tough. Like, I'm, I'm trying to imagine, what if we never figured out that this tension needs to be talked about, and, like, there are things that um, are different from what my parents, like, believe, that we, me and my sister are starting to believe. Um, 
yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. But honest conversations definitely um, help out. So you are a sophomore in high school at Concord, sort of when the DCS program um, starts to formalize and begin. And obviously you're a member of cohort one. So you were, as uh, you always tell me, you were like the guinea pig group. Um, but how did you hear about a uh, Delaware College Scholars and ultimately like what motivated you to attend? Um, first of all, I, can, can you... Can we like go back quickly to how lucky I was to be? I just moved to America, and then DCS starts like when I'm in like sophomore year. Like, isn't that insane? Um, I don't remember if I found out from my counselor or was it like in like a, a letter in the mail or email type of thing. I really don't remember right now. Um, but I remember that I was ta- I talked to my counselor about it. Um, what motivated me to attend? Um, Probably just because, um, I mean, what else would I do with my summer? <laughs> um, yeah, it was like an opportunity to, like, it definitely helped me. And, and this is like, I don't think I actually realized this until right now as you're speaking. It was another opportunity for me to get a better grasp on, on what's going on in, in academically in the U.S. and, like, culturally in the U.S., socially in the U.S., uh, because during school, it's different. During school, you're just academic. Like it's like your teachers get lectured up, um, and then you go home. But then DCS was an opportunity to meet students outside of that academic setting, um, so that I would like understand better how people thought here, how people like friended each other here. Um, yeah, I've not realized that. Realized this in the world right now. Yeah. So and and. And I guess I would like to touch on that sort of it, it just being like another three week window window into learning more about just like American culture and kids your age and sort of like their their own high school experiences. So so could you talk to me a bit about the friendships that you made at Delaware College Scholars and being sort of in a group of like minded kids who are striving to succeed and make it to the next level but might not have the resources to do so? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, you know this. Some of the friends I made at DCS, I saw them to this day, including you. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's it's okay. So the biggest thing I think for us was that um, it's it's hard to relate to someone if you don't if you don't share like similar experiences. And DCS put a lot of us in the same like dormitory where we all share the same experiences. Not the same, but like similar at least. Um, so we could all relate to each other and became very close friends very quickly very very quickly um and i think the impact that that, that's had on me is it's as i said it's helped me put things in perspective up to this day like when i talk to some of those friends um and see what they're doing now um it makes me motivated it makes me like grateful for that opportunity because i know that there's some other kids who never didn't have that opportunity um and i think when How did uh, Dr. Lean help you with your college process? And ultimately, why did you uh, settle on the University of Delaware? Okay. Dr. Lean was a lot of help. Um, he was very honest with me. And what, in, um, in, from his experience, what he thought about my application, where I could improve it, um, and what schools I should be applying to, um, how many schools I should be applying to. Because um, I had no idea, especially like my parents didn't go to like 
like we weren't from here, so we didn't know how the how that process was. So I had to like figure it out on my own. So having someone tell me that hey, um, you can apply to like very like rich schools, but the chances are you're not gonna like there's a good chance you might not. So you also want to apply to schools that you know there's a better chance you're gonna get into, just in case. Um, because otherwise I would apply to like the ten top schools and not <laughs> no other school. Um, I decided on University of Delaware because it was first of all for me it was really close to my family. Uh, to it was it was a good school. It was it was a really really good school. Um, it was cheap, cheaper at least, and um, yeah, it had what I wanted. And um, I'm, I don't like I, I I enjoyed my time at UD. I don't regret that decision at all. I would do it again. Um, and Dr. Lin definitely like he uh, I think he told me like the, the facts and that let me make my decision. Obviously, um, I was deciding between UD. Uh, and Dickinson, I think, at the time. That's right. Um, yeah. And uh, they were both about the same price. But then I realized that I would want to go to UD because it was a, a tiny bit bigger. Not a tiny bit. I think it was a good amount bigger. Um, so I knew that I would find more opportunities to get engaged on campus at UD than I did at Dickinson. Um, and it was also closer. And so as you're starting your time at University of Delaware and going the biology pre-med route, I guess I want... I wanted to ask you because I don't really know. I, I feel like throughout our time uh, knowing each other, which has been like eight, nine years now, like I've always known that you've wanted to become a doctor. So like when did that mission start for you to say, hey, I want to become a doctor and this is what I'm most passionate about in life? Yeah. So if I've always been, I've always known, not known, I've always thought I would want to be a doctor, uh, but also when I'm a little kid, I don't know what a doctor did like, at all. Um, but then after moving here, I kind of like, like, because of everything that was going on in our life as a family, I stopped like thinking about that that much until I had to like, I applied to college and like, okay, now I got to start thinking about it again. And I thought to myself, do I really want to become a doctor? Or was it just something that was like the cultural norm to like strive to be a doctor? Um, and I think I thought about it a little bit more logically and then combined that with some experiences. So I, I know I like science and I know I like the, like the human body. I thought it was really interesting. Um, and I knew that I liked like talking to people a lot. Um, and in medicine, you get to do that. And at the same time, I had some experiences like in the hospital that I like really enjoyed. Um, I shadowed some physicians. Um, this was all like, I think my second year at UD when I started like to, like just to, to think about that more, more, more rationally and, yeah, um, I volunteered a bit. Um, I was like, involved in like the pre-med um, clubs at UD. Um, yeah, and then from there, uh, I just like I think also think it's uh, it's hard to know what you want to do. Uh, just to head up on that, it's really 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 hard. I'm like I'm trying. To, it sounds easy when I say it, but it's really not. I I questioned my what I wanted to do up until I'm now in medical school. Like seriously, until like this past week when I started medical school. I was like, is this really like the right path? Should I like, I saw some chance change my mind. Should I change my mind? Um, but I knew that at least this is something that I liked and that I was going to pursue it with uh, all the effort that I had and then see where it took me. Um, and I'm happy with where it took me. I'd like to push you a bit further there. So, so when you do have those moments of doubt or sort of questioning, like, you know, I think I'm making the right choice, but I'm not quite sure if I'm there. But obviously, like, you're, you're at Harvard Medical School uh, right now and just you know, moved in last week, in those moments, what sort of gets you through to say, yes, I know I'm making the right decision? 
That's a really tough question. Really, really tough question. Um, I don't know if I ever knew. I really don't know if I ever knew. Like, seriously. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I ever knew, but, but I also knew that I wasn't going to find out until I got somewhere. Uh, because if I didn't know that I wanted to be a physician, I also didn't know that I wanted to be anything else. And I knew that I liked like medicine more than other stuff. So I like had to cut the doubt out of my head. And I do think that, that more, like, somewhat more than, I don't know if more than other people, but I definitely doubted like myself like a lot, a lot, a lot on the way. Um, but I think I just had to, I had to listen to my gut. Like I knew that this was probably the best decision. Um, but yeah, the doubts, the doubts always there. Always there, at least for me. Um, with you obviously having served as an advisor uh, at DCS for two summers, you know that a lot of our students are sort of interested in the medical field, um, and I just think you're a great resource for them. So I guess my first question for you is like, how did you create research opportunities for yourself while you were at the U- University of Delaware, and what type of research were you doing? Um, so this is another thing that doesn't get like talked about, uh, at least at UD, I think, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, I didn't know that I like people do research to like, um, to show that they're interested in the science of medicine, like so that medical schools think they're more attractive applicants. I had no idea that that existed. Um, so I was, um, should I touch upon like my application process? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just because I think, again, we, we have so many high school juniors and seniors who their go-to is, hey, I want to be in the medical field in some capacity. So just hearing from a scholar who has accomplished it, I think that will be very helpful. Okay, cool. So UD has this um, um, like an early acceptance program with uh, another school in Philadelphia called Thomas Jefferson. Um, and I was in that program. And I like thought I was like about to go to Jefferson. And this was like uh, my the end of my sophomore year, I think, beginning my junior year. I thought I was about to go. Um, we went to the interview there and I thought everything was set, but then I found out that unfortunately they weren't taking me and a couple other applicants from our board. Um, and, uh, that kind of like threw me back a little bit and I had to think about why did they not take me. Um, and I thought about a lot of reasons. I like didn't, because of everything else going on in my life, I like didn't think that I needed to show them that I want to be a doctor more. So, um, at that point I did some research online. How do people like show that they they really uh, they really want to be a doctor? And also, like, what are some things that physicians do? And one of the things that popped up was research. And um, this was kind of late. People who usually start research do it like freshman sophomore year, and I was like in the middle of my junior year. So I reached out to a lot of professors, and like only two of them replied, and I only one of them ended up like taking me to their lab. And that was mainly because I took uh, that professor's class uh, just recently and got a good score in the class. Um, so I did, it was biochemistry research. Uh, I did that for um, one semester and then one full summer uh, with like a stipend that I got from the school. And then I did it for a little bit this semester after that. Um, I would highly recommend to anyone who wants to get into medical field to, to get some research under their belt, mainly to see if they like it. Uh, and then two, to show that they're interested in science and that they can handle that scientific inquiry like um, and that they're independent thinkers um, and all that good stuff. Um, yeah. When did you begin studying for the MCAT, and how did you balance your time between studying for the MCAT but also taking care of your studies at Delaware? 
question. Um, so uh, that kind of stuff is a tough exam. Um, it it depends on the person. For me, it I started studying like hardcore. I probably said like a month and a half before I took the exam, but I had the books at least around me for like three months before that. Um, I like read through them like slight like uh, just like. Uh, absentmindedly I wouldn't say like I didn't take notes um and then a month and a half before I studied at home this was during winter break so I had like nothing to do and I was just studying uh, I don't want to say all day uh but it felt like it was all day um and it was it was a really tough exam really really tough exam for sure um and I took it uh at the end of my winter break during my junior year what's one piece of advice that you would give our younger scholars who are looking to potentially enter the medical field? Uh, the biggest one is reach out to people ahead of you on the path because um, there's a lot of wisdom uh, that they probably have that they can give you like, hey, this worked for me. Hey, this didn't, didn't work for me, um, especially at the, the school that you go to. So at UT, uh, you end up going to UT, you can reach out to people who are like juniors and seniors, ask them, hey, um, which professor should I take for this? Hey, um, uh, is this research good? Hey, what what do you think of um, this volunteering opportunity? Um, I think that would help a lot. And the other one is um, uh, just work hard. Like work really, really hard. Uh, it's, a, it's a tough path, but it's obviously really doable. Speaking of working hard, I know that you're very routine-oriented. You wake up early. You grind early in the morning. So can you explain to sort of our listeners about uh, how that came to be of you waking up at 430 each morning and setting a routine for yourself and why that routine is so very important uh, to you. Okay. This quite disclaimer, I didn't wake up at 4.30 today, but I have done that in the past. <laughs> um, I love routine because our lives can be so chaotic, especially if, if you go to DCS, you're likely to have a more chaotic life than other people probably, I want to say. And um, it's hard to feel like you're out of control. And I felt like, the, like, for example, the time that I woke up was one thing that I had control over. Um, and I wanted, I, it was, it was very motivating for me to wake up before the sun was up and wake up before my roommates was up, were up and wake up before my friends were up and get started on my day. It was so motivating. Um, and, uh, I, another benefit that I didn't realize that would uh, come out of it was that having time early in the morning to yourself without uh, any outside influence just helps you like kind of get to know yourself more. Uh, your mind is calm usually in the morning um, and you just get to know yourself. And uh, yeah, back to the routine thing. Uh, yeah, I love waking up in the morning. I love taking cold showers. Uh, I love working out. Um, um, obviously, you can overdo it and, and, and not have fun with your life. And that's something that I've realized over the past like month or two during, during Corona when I couldn't have like a... Um, um, a routine, um, but hey, I mean, I guess we just figure out as we go, but a routine works well. Transitioning uh, to a segment we have called Mad Minute, which is just very short answer, uh, Q&A uh, between us. What's your favorite spot to eat in Newark, Delaware? Ooh, tough. Uh, El Diablo. Favorite lift? Favorite lift? Uh, uh, bench press. Favorite or best? DCS moment. 
there was a time uh, I was roommates with um, Kevin and Brandon. It was our second year, I want to say. Yeah, second year DCS. And it was like a triplet room. And it was middle of the, not the middle of the night. We're like, we're supposed to go to sleep. Lights were out. Um, and we're just talking um, and having fun. And then <laughs> uh, Brandon and I took one of our mattresses, I forget which one, and put it on top of Kevin and sandwiched him into it. Uh, on his bed it was so so fun we laughed so much that night most influential high school teacher or college professor i've had so many good i'm so lucky i feel like i've had so many good professors and so many good teachers i want to say at college and this is like a surprising answer probably one of my entrepreneurship professors at ud um which was yeah i don't know how he even got to like meet him but um his name is Vince. Uh, he used to, so obviously any normal work hours are from like nine or eight to like five or six or four, right? There was, there were so many times I can't even count on one hand that I would go to the building where his office is and I would see him working there at nine or 10 PM, nine or 10 PM. And I would ask him, sorry, and his drive home was about an hour long. So that inspired me so, so, so much. Um, and I just realized it because he did it because he cared so much about the students. Because he, the whole day when the students are around, he would like devote to just speaking to students. So all his like, ad, like um, admin work that he had to do, he would leave until like late at night. Um, yeah, no, he was very inspiring. First job. First job. I worked as a cashier as a, at a pizza stop. Favorite song. Ooh, that's even a tougher one. Uh, Hotel California by the Eagles. Hidden talent. Hidden talent. Uh, I used to be able to beatbox. I think I still can. In 10 years, you'll be blank. F fill in the blank. 10 years? I think I'll just come out of like uh, my residency program uh, for medicine. So I'll be a practicing physician. Um, hopefully I'll have my own family by then. And I really want to be like an Ironman. Um, like athlete. Our final segment titled Ring the Bell, School's Over. What is your why? For me, probably my parents, I want to say. Um, how could it not be? Like they sacrificed their entire lives for, uh, for me to have a chance uh, at a future. And um, I just feel like I can't let them down. Um, like I love them. They're, yeah, that's my parents, for sure. And what's one piece of advice you would give your 16-year-old self? I was, when I was 16, I was so anxious and stressed at everything. Um, can't blame myself, but I wish I could tell myself to just relax, just down a little bit um, and try to enjoy it um, because I was so anxious at the time. So, so insanely anxious. And then I know I said those were the last two questions. I will leave you on this, though. I did want to give a plug to E-Club and sort of what you started at University of Delaware. So if you could just tell the listeners a bit about e-club why you started it and ultimately what the mission of that program is cool. uh disclaimer i did not start it myself but um some people say i revived it so okay. we'll, are on. um uh it, so e-club is the entrepreneurship club um and entrepreneurship for people don't know is like a branch of business where you like you start your own initiatives um uh and figure out plot, solutions to problems uh, as a team or on your own um i i joined e-club because I wanted some autonomy over my success and uh, I felt like an entrepreneurship, you kind of have that. The amount of work you put in is the amount of like 
reward or success or just like um, um, effect that you see in the thing that you work uh, you work on. Um, and it was probably one of the best things that happened to me at UD was being involved in entrepreneurship because uh, I still love it to this day. And here at Harvard, I'm trying to get involved in entrepreneurship already. So yeah, I recommend it to anyone go to UD. Cool, man. Well, I just wanted to make sure you got that plug in just because I know that you were very passionate about that and put a lot of time and effort uh, into that club. Um, I really appreciate you as always. Um, I, it's It's been cool sort of uh, being your whatever student advisor to now becoming uh, friends. And um, I'm so proud of all that you've accomplished. And I know your parents are uh, super proud too. So thanks, man. Thank you, too.